Welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. Thanks for tuning in to uh, what is the last uh, podcast of 2023. We've um, had some great, great interaction uh, this calendar year. Um, the Lord has um, expanded our ability to connect with people through the podcast. And I'm just always grateful um, that there are people like you that are listening and um, many of you sending feedback and you know, telling me from time to time when we bump into each other how the podcast is helping you in your journey. And that's really the reward for me is just to know that whatever I'm sharing is helping some people and sometimes aggravating some people, which is not always a bad thing because that means you're thinking. Um, but more than anything, um, I'm just grateful to be able to have an opportunity to use this format uh, to speak kingdom into your lives. And as we're approaching a new year, I'm already there. My mind, my heart, my spirit has been kind of working through um, the early months of the upcoming year. Uh, I think I started doing that probably in late October, and the closer we get to it, the more I'm there. Um, I'm, I usually take a little bit of a downtime uh, the last week of December, really a little bit in November and December, but especially uh, Christmas and New Year's week, just kind of unplug and uh, soak in time with family. And um, by the time this podcast goes on the air, um, you know, we'll be wrapping up and um, I hope that your year um, was good. And if it wasn't good, my prayer is that the upcoming year will be tremendously uh, better for you as we pursue the Lord together. Um, there's a lot of topics I could focus on as we wrap up this year, but I'm going to I'm going to release something today that has been on my heart Um pretty, pretty regularly for several months. Um, the charge of hypocrisy is such a frequent and often valid, um, thing that people say about the modern church. And, um, sadly because of scandals, because of Christian leaders and churchmen that have fallen and even at the end of this calendar year, most of you would know about the scandal um, in Kansas City where a very, very well-known and highly respected leader of the prayer movement um, is being accused of um, immorality, manipulation, and using prophetic ministry to achieve sinful purposes with women. Um, I don't know how much of it is true. Um, my guess is some of it is, if not all of it. And uh, that's sad because this is not the first time we have um, had to walk through this kind of thing as the body of Christ in America. And every time that this happens, um, it hands ammunition to the enemy. Uh, it's like the church gives the devil bullets to shoot back at us. And it also undermines the confidence in Christians who are just sick and tired of those that are positioned in leadership not living up to their calling or using their calling in ways that is sinful. And uh, I feel the weight of it, and I'm sure that most of you do too. Um, the fact of the matter is that hypocrisy has always been a part of the church. That does not mean we should ever tolerate it or um, just you know, kind of ho-hum our way around it. Like, oh yeah, that's just part of who the body of Christ is. We should be deeply grieved. We should be extremely 
aware of what's going on in our own hearts, our own lives at all times, because it's not just the public platform people that engage in hypocrisy. Uh, There's probably more hypocrisy among people that are never on a platform simply because there's more of them. And so hypocrisy is a very real issue. The sad part is that people don't understand what hypocrisy is. And therefore, if any Christian sins or fails, um, we can reach into our toolbox and pull out the tool of accusation and say, ha, that Christian failed, that Christian sinned, therefore he or she is a hypocrite. But I'm going to suggest to you today from the scriptures, I'm going to submit to you, it's not a suggestion, it's actually a valid teaching, that just because a Christian sins does not mean that they're a hypocrite. Um, I think probably we ought to try to define what hypocrisy is just to make sure that we're all on the same page because there are some scriptures that reveal that every single Christian on this side of heaven who is not yet glorified is still being sanctified by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Therefore, we are being sanctified from what? From falling short of the glory of God. And falling short of the glory of God is the very definition of sin. So newsflash, we are all, all of us, though our identity in Christ is a son or a daughter, the Bible is very clear that nobody is completely free yet from sin. So if the presence of sin in a Christian's life is always equal to hypocrisy, then guess what? You're a hypocrite, and I am too. But fortunately, the teaching of Scripture does not state that. While it is true that we are not yet glorified, therefore we are still being perfected from sin, we're still being delivered from flesh, we're still being uh, relieved from the pull of the world, and we are overcoming the temptations of the devil, the world, flesh, and the devil are still a threefold enemy against us, and we have not experienced the full and final um, immunity from all of those things. And because of that, we occasionally sin in word or thought or deed. But that does that make you a hypocrite is the question I'm dealing with today. And the answer is not necessarily. And by the way, just, you know, a little disclaimer here. Um, I'm not being light on sin. I'm, I'm not saying because it's not hypocrisy, therefore it's no big deal. No, we need to be walking in sanctification. I'm going to talk about that in the next podcast. But for today, I think I'd define sin as um, us potentially living in a way that cultivates or promotes or even protects a reputation for ourselves with others that we know is better than we actually are. If you are cultivating for yourself or promoting uh, about yourself or protecting your reputation with others in a way that you know that reputation is better than you actually are, but you're living to cultivate a better reputation than you actually have or than you're actually worthy of, or you're promoting yourself to have a character that is better than you you know you actually are or you're protecting your reputation with people um, so that they'll think better of you than you actually know you are, then you're guilty of hypocrisy. When you cultivate means to have a reputation with others that you know in your heart is better than you actually are, 
or when you're challenged on something in your character and you protect that reputation, when you know in your heart that your reputation exceeds your reality, then you're a hypocrite. And um, I, I, I want to just stress, I think that potential is in all of us. And so the hypocrisy is always attached to somebody's awareness that we have fallen short of what we should be. Now, I think what legitimizes an accusation of hypocrisy against us is how do we respond when we are confronted with the reality that our outward reputation does not match our inward character. And especially if we have fought to cultivate that reputation or to promote that reputation or protect that reputation, what do you do when you're confronted? Because that's going to determine if you're truly a hypocrite or not. So again, this is different than that visible evidence that all Christians are sometimes going to fall short of God's standard of holiness. And, and people rightfully expect us to walk in holiness. We don't always think, we don't always speak, we don't always behave righteously. But that's not necessarily hypocrisy. Because if, we, if you and I will own our sins and shortcomings, if we will apologize, glory to God, if we all apologize when you failed someone or sinned against them, or, and if you repent, not only before God, but to those um, who have been negatively impacted by your words or your actions, in, like you're not a hypocrite if you're operating in that way. You're owning your failure. You're owning your sin. And then we seek to make amends for all that we've done that's negatively impacted others. If that is your response to your failures or sins, then you're not guilty of hypocrisy. Hypocrites are never going to admit wrongdoing, and because of that, they never repent. Hypocrites seek to maintain constantly that public image with others, whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people. A hypocrite's always going to maintain and fight to maintain the public image that you know they've cultivated, where people think they, they are better than they, they themselves know that they actually are. And so are you thinking about your own heart? Are you thinking about maybe the people you've accused of being hypocrites? So if a leader in a church, because that's, you know, very typically where people go with this. If a leader proves that she is still being sanctified, how does she prove that? Because she fails you. She said something. It doesn't have to be a leader, just a Christian. She said something or she did something that negatively impacted you in a way that you are clearly see is out of line with who that person is to be as a follower of Jesus. And did you automatically say, ha, because he or she did this thing, they are a hypocrite. They're a Christian who failed to live up to God's holy standard. That is hypocrisy. Is it? Or is it just evidence that that person's, um, process of sanctification and the breakdown in that process in the instance that violated you is it just that they sinned against you does that make them a hypocrite well what did they do when you asked them about it 
Did they fight to maintain their image? Did they refuse to listen to you? Did they deny that they have sinned against you? Did they blame you? Did they shift the blame? Did they seek to make you look bad because what you were saying or doing was threatening their public image? Well, then they may very well be a hypocrite. But maybe they repented. Maybe they said, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. You know, I I see what I did and how it affected you. And I'm sorry that I was inconsistent. I'm sorry that I failed to live up to your expectation, your rightful biblical expectation of me as a Christian. I see how I failed you. I see how that hurt you. I see how I dishonored Jesus. I see how I acted in a way that is inconsistent with what I know to be right as a follower of Jesus. I've sinned and I'm sorry that I've hurt you. Will you please forgive me? Well, guess what? That person's not a hypocrite. That person is somebody who did what you do. Hello. Do you always act, think, and speak righteously in perfect accordance with who God has stated that you are and you are to be? If you're honest, the answer is no, you don't always do that. You might even say that I think daily, at least my thoughts fall beneath the standard of Jesus. Does that make you a hypocrite then? The answer is no, not necessarily. Unless you fight to defend, deflect, and make sure that nobody can think less of you than you actually are. Um, Then you may be a hypocrite. But if you're like the rest of us, that when the Holy Spirit convicts you or somebody confronts you, or you're exposed, maybe your words that you thought were shared and nobody would say anything, well, maybe you got exposed for something you said that you shouldn't have said. What do you do? Do you defend? Do you say, I had a right to say that because of this, this, and this? Or do you just say, you know what? That, you're absolutely right. I sinned with my lips. I should not have done that. Well, friend, what that makes you is a, a contrite, contrite Christian, not a hypocrite. You know, John, in his little book, towards the back of your Bible, First John, in chapter number one, made a pretty humbling statement. He said to Christians, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Uh Uh-oh. The Bible just said, if a Christian says that they have no sin, then that Christian is self-deceived and is not operating in the truth of the gospel. So right off the bat, let me just tell all of you that pull out the ammo and say, hypocrite, when some Christian fails you, be careful. Because they may or may not be, but if you're going to measure them by that standard of instant accusation of hypocrisy, then you're a hypocrite too. If, if all it takes is for a Christian to sin and that qualifies them, their identity is now a hypocrite, then you're a hypocrite too. Because the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we are self-deceived and God's truth is not in us. James 3, chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 2. It says, we all stumble in many ways. It's just another way of saying what John said in 1 John 1, 8. We all stumble in many ways. What does that tell me? It tells me that all Christians will occasionally act in ways that are outside of God's ways and, and, and fail to measure up to the rightful expectation of other people. In other words, I'm a Christian You have the right to expect me to speak, think, and act in a way that is Christ-like. And here's the Bible on Jeff Lyle. 
Jeff Weil, according to James 3.2, stumbles in many ways. And by the way, just look in the mirror. That's about you too. You stumble in many ways. And so if, if in those stumblings, if in those sins, I repent, I apologize. I say, I have done wrong. You are right in what you have lovingly challenged me about or what you've exposed or said to me about my words, my thoughts, my actions towards you. I repent. I'm sorry for what I've done. That is not hypocrisy. That is being a disciple of Jesus, walking in sanctification and owning your wrongdoings. And so we need to be real careful that when a Christian fails us and we get bitter and we get upset and we, we cannot believe that so-and-so acted in a way that fell short of the glory of Jesus. When you indict them, you are indicting you. If it's true on them, it's true on you. Jesus said the measure that you measure others with will be the measure he measures you with. So you're setting the standard by which the intensity of the criteria by which God evaluates your actions, your thoughts, and your words, you set the standard about the scrutiny level that you're under. Because Jesus said the same measure that you measure others with will be used to measure you with. And that's why I think we need to revisit from time to time book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 29, 20 verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin? Who can say that? I can't. I can't say that I have made my heart pure. I am clean from my sin. What I can say is that I am justified before a holy God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, my righteous standing is 100% pure before God. And because of that, and from that positional standing and decree that Jeff Lyle is justified before a holy God through the work of Jesus, from that I say, if he has called me clean, I will live in cleanliness, holiness, purity. My words must be clean. My thoughts must be clean. My actions must be clean. That is the trajectory for the life of a Christian who is living to glorify God. In that trajectory, we all stumble in many ways. In that trajectory, if we say we have no sin, never sin. Oh, I've not sinned. I've not ever sinned. Don't dare challenge me. Don't call me into accountability. How dare you say something about me? And when, when you know that you do sin, that is hypocrisy. When you are much more interested in people thinking more of you than you actually are, that is hypocrisy. But when somebody sins and fails, your spouse, your pastor, your best friend, your Christian coworker, some well-known leader in the kingdom who's in national and international news, you, you have to recognize that we can't give up on the kingdom. We can't give up on God. We can't give up on church. We can't give up on the clear principles in the kingdom, simply because somebody in hypocrisy has violated them. I think that we've got to get a grip on this because, again, 
every one of us as Christians, we all of us fail. None of us live up perfectly to the standard that the Bible teaches. No Christian has ever, ever, ever been perfectly Christ-like their entire life. But there are a lot of us, maybe even the majority of us, that are we're genuinely seeking to live out our Christian life and we're daily relying on the Holy Spirit to convict us, to reveal to us where we failed, to bring about change in our lives, to empower us not to commit the same sins again. And, and guys, there are countless numbers of Christians down through the generations who live their lives free from the scandals of hypocrisy. So it makes no sense for us to give up. It's just a tactic of the devil. You don't quit church. You don't quit proactively pursuing the Lord. You're actually not allowed to say, well, there's just too many hypocrites out there. I'm just going to do my thing with God. Well, if you're really, quote unquote, doing your thing with God, that God tells you not to forsake the assembling of yourselves with other Christians. That's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. All the more we're to assemble together. All the more we're to gather together. All the more we are to fellowship, to partner in worship, prayer and ministry and learning. All the more as we see the day approaching. That's in your Bible. So you can't say, well, me and God are just doing this thing with each other. That in itself is hypocrisy. You're the hypocrite if you believe that. Why? Because you're pretending to be holier than thou when you are actually living in willful disobedience to the Lord. You're saying, no, I'm more spiritual than God. <laughs> I'm more spiritual because I've got an insight that exempts me from what God has said about gathering together. It's almost like we say, well, if God knew how many hypocrites were going to be in the church at the end of the age, he never would have said that. <laughs> God knows how many hypocrites he knows that he knows the exact number of hypocrites that are in the church at the end of the age. He knows exactly who the hypocrites are. Jesus called them out when he was on earth. God's going to call them out now. But not one time did, did the Lord say, hey, look, I didn't see all the hypocrisy coming. I'm, you know, I'm going to renege on my um, commandment for you all to continue to gather together, to continue to serve together locally, to continue to pray together, to learn together, to advance the kingdom together. As a matter of fact, oh, man, if I had seen what was coming, I would have just told everybody, just get your little side gig with, with me and we'll just meet me and you in, in your, you know, your Spotify playlist. And you can just me and you just do our own thing together and forget everybody else. Now, I know I'm being exaggerated in what I'm describing. There's a lot of people that think that way. And they've, they've bought into the deception that it's okay for them to um, walk away. And they just, the devil says, yeah, let me teach you this song. And the lyrics are, there's too many hypocrites in the church. You don't have to put up with it. You'll never be like one of them. You're better than all of the hypocrites. Therefore, leave the church, walk away, and make sure that you get as bitter as possible because yet another Christian has failed you. It's not a very pleasant song, is it? But it's a lot of internal singing. Those are the internal lyrics for a lot of Christians. When the fact of the matter is, there's actually not as many hypocrites in the church as the devil and bitter people like to believe there's just a lot of Christians. Every Christian is in process. 
every Christian, if you're doing life as a body of believers with other Christians, you will see regularly where people fall short. And if you obey the Bible, you go to them in love and you say, hey, what you said, what you did hurt me. I believe it violates who you are in Christ. And I would like for us to get this right so we can continue together in agreement and life. That's what you do. Now, if that person is a how dare you say that about me? Don't you know what I've done? Don't you know who I am? Don't you see all the good things that I've done for God? How dare you challenge me? Well, chances are you've just bumped into a hypocrite. But if on the other hand, that person says, oh my goodness, you know, thank you. I, I, I don't want to sin against you. You know, I struggle in this area. Would you help me? Would you forgive me first? And then maybe hold me accountable. Help me. I don't want to hurt people. I've failed God and I've failed you and I'm sorry. That's not a hypocrite. And so guys, this gets down to the nitty gritty of who the body of Christ is. And yeah, um, at the end of the age, there's going to be a lot of falling away. There's going to be a lot of exposing. Um, there's going to be, I think God's in the exposing season right now, everywhere from government to the church, to families, to individuals. I think there's a lot of exposing. So maybe we ought to pray, God, would you please expose me to me? Lord, would you please show me if there's any hypocrisy in my heart? God, I see it. I think I see it everywhere in others. But I'm hearing today, God, maybe what I thought was hypocrisy was just somebody's struggle that you exposed. Maybe even so I could help them. But Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so God, as I wage war against sin in my own heart, my own mouth, my own actions, I pray God that I'm never entering into hypocrisy where I feel like I've got to cover up and pretend that I'm actually better than where I truly am. And so we go to war against hypocrisy in our own heart. We challenge it where it's undeniable. But the whole point of my podcast today is to say to you that are offended by what you assume is hypocrisy and you don't even know what hypocrisy is defined. You, you just assume that a failure or a sin on the part of a Christian is automatically hypocrisy. No, hypocrisy is when a person, maybe you, maybe me, maybe another, when a person might cultivate or promote or protect a reputation for ourselves with others that we know is better than we actually are. Like, don't tell me what I am. Believe what I present. That's hypocrisy. And we need to put that to death in our own hearts and we need to put it to death in the church. So as we wrap up today, I want to encourage you. This is the time to get right, to do some serious evaluation of your own heart, to remember this, that the level of scrutiny you're placing on others and the standard, the strictness of the standard that you're holding them to is according to Jesus Christ, your Lord, is the same way he's going to deal with you. He's going he's to take the standard you apply to others and he's going to hold you to it. 
So one of the motivations to be gracious and merciful and compassionate is because you need grace, mercy, and compassion from God. And when we operate that way, instead of just denouncing, defining, and labeling a person as a hypocrite, when really all they are is a Christian just like you who, who has failed, um, maybe we become more like Jesus when we move towards them in rest- restoration and compassion. So, Father, help us in the name of your Son, Jesus, to live lives that are lives of integrity and nobility. Help us to repent quickly when we are made aware of sin by you or by others. When you make us aware, God, help us to repent quickly. When others make us aware, help us to repent quickly. And God, if there is even the tiniest seed of hypocrisy in our hearts, expose that to us and educate us, Holy Spirit, in the difference between a struggling Christian and a hypocritical Christian. And I pray, God, that your church would be pure in this area so we might steward the power of God. And I pray for those listening today whose instinct is to pull away from your churches, to pull away from other Christians who have failed to live up to the standard expected. Would you help those whose impulse is to do that and help them press back in so that together, Lord, we can be a pure bride, free of bitterness, free of resentment, and free of accusation. So help us, Holy Spirit, to walk this out in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, before we go, I want to just say this. One, thanks for listening today. I hope it's been edifying to you. Second thing is, if you are interested, if you guys are obviously audio listeners, if you're interested in uh, video teachings, if you will download the Transforming Truth app, or you can go to transformingtruth.org. Many of you know this, but some of you are new listeners. Transforming Truth is the media ministry that we started in 2007. It was primarily television. And then as online stuff started becoming more and more prominent, um, we disseminate video in 30-minute teachings, 60-minute teachings from Antioch Outpost, where I serve as a senior leader, um, and then from the Transforming Truth Studios. And this is the time to eat the Word, to get the Word of God in you. And if Mavericks and Misfits resonates with you, you might want to go by Transforming Truth or just go to the Transforming Truth YouTube page and just be aware that there's all sorts of free resources. I just tell people to get the app because if you get the app, you get everything in one location. Of course, it's free. You know, everything you know that we, we put out, we just put out by faith. God supplies. We raise funds on Transforming Truth. Uh, we don't really do fundraising on Mavericks and Misfits, but um, if you're interested in supporting the overall ministry that Mavericks and Misfits streams from, uh, I'd love for you to partner with me on transformingtruth.org. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Be a really good time. Um, 2023 has been or was uh, the hardest uh, year we've had in fundraising, probably in the 17 years we've been doing this. And so... Um, Hey, if you feel led to give and donate, help us out. That would be great. Also, if you live anywhere near Bethlehem, Georgia, um, come and be a part of our, our, our ministry here at Antioch Outpost. Um, we meet every Tuesday night from 4 to 8 p.m. Uh, you don't have to stay for the full four hours, but we meet for prayer, intercession, prophetic. Um, that is probably the most important service that we have every week here from 4 to 8 p.m., usually about 50 people. And uh, we just intercede, pray, we take communion. There's hands-on ministry, there's prophetic ministry, um, and you could join us here in Bethlehem. Go to AntiochOutpost.com, AntiochOutpost.com. You can find the address and show up and meet us. Um, Sunday mornings at 10.30, we start praying at 9.15. We pray all the way into the beginning of the 10.30 service. 
And then Wednesday nights, I do a Bible study at 6.30 p.m. Normal stuff that churches have. We've got stuff for youth and kids and all of that stuff. And we have home groups. And if you're interested in connecting with people on a molecular level in a home group, we have those too. So I just think we're starting a new year. And I just think, man, if you've always done what you, if you always do what you've always done, you're probably going to get the same results. It's time to make some changes. If you don't have a home church or you're sensing the Lord moving you from where you are, come and be a part of what God's doing out here in Bethlehem, Georgia. It's not super cool. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. It's like, nah, I'm over that. I don't want to be super cool. I just want to be in the will of God and doing the works of God as we wait for the return of the Son of God. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.